This is Texas Soccer Radio. Texas Soccer Radio. This is Texas Soccer Radio. This is Texas Soccer Radio. Esto es Texas Soccer Radio. This is Texas Soccer Radio. We have reached the end. This is it for the season, for the regular season, not for the show. Good God, what a terrible way to start that show. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Kyle Mankey, joined by Larry Leathers, as always. We're here with Texas Soccer Radio, like we are each week. Going uh, one night early this week, just to keep you on your toes, see who's following us on social media at TX Soccer Radio, at Kyle underscore Mankey, and at Larry Leathers 87. Um, thank you to the Beautiful Game Network for letting us hang out with the family. Um, thank you to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Make sure you get your custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com, R-U-F-F-neckscarves.com. Thank you so much to BGN and to Roughneck Scarves for sponsoring us all season, uh, or most of the season, anyway. Um, really, it, it means the world. It, it really did make things tremendously easier for us um, on a, in a lot of ways. So thank you very much to BGN and Roughneck Scarves. Can't can't say enough good things about them. Larry, how you feeling, man, now that uh, SAFC's USL season is done for 2018? Well, I wish it wasn't over. I mean, we it came down to the wire. Um, last game of the season for us against RGV ended in a 1-1 draw. Um, St. Louis got a draw against OKC, and that left our fate in Swope Park losing to LA Galaxy 2. And that did not happen. They got a defining win of 5-1 to one over LA Galaxy 2, shutting us out. Um, yeah, I wish it wasn't over. I wish we were in there. I wish we'd find a way to sneak in. Unfortunately, not the case this year. Yeah, man, I'm pretty bummed, to be honest. I was not prepared uh, for that to be the end. Um, we will talk a lot more. Almost this entire episode is going to be about SAFC and looking back at the 2018 season and all that good stuff. We're going to kind of flip things a little bit. Um in that we're going to talk about some non-SAFC things really quickly up front uh, and then spend the bulk of the rest of the show uh, talking about the season and, and what's to come for the team and for the podcast and, you know, all that stuff. So um, let's start out really quickly with uh, hashtag saved the crew. Um, I was pretty stoked. You actually sent this story to me the other day. Um, I I didn't see it until it was already a little old. Um, but it looks like the Columbus crew are going to be staying in Columbus, not moving it, to Austin. It would appear so. Um, it looks like Jimmy Haslam, of the one of the owners of the Browns, Cleveland Browns, um, along with a, another small ownership group there that they've put together, will be essentially getting an expansion team in Columbus and transferring all of the rights to the Columbus crew and everything that goes with it, including the players um, and everything with the team to, to that new ownership group from pre-court. Yeah. So they have managed to keep the crew as it is for the most part, just with a new group of owners, which is probably the best thing for them. Everyone outside of 
San Antonio, Tampa, Phoenix, Sacramento, <laughs> everyone outside of those expansion markets um, should be pumped about this because this is the best case scenario um, as far as, you know, the Columbus crew is staying in MLS and in Columbus uh, as long as everything keeps moving the way that it's moving. And honestly, at this point, there's no reason for either side to back out. Um, I don't think that this would have broken if it wasn't going to happen uh, for sure. So, and, and what I, you know, of course they're going to take another NFL ownership group. Uh, you can make all the jokes you want about the Cleveland Browns, but um, they've had a passionate fan base despite a terrible team for many years up until recently. Um, well, debatable, but they have had passionate fans. So um, you can't hate that ownership group coming in MLS and, it's great for Columbus. Um, it's great for Austin because it looks like um, pre-court will still be setting up Austin FC uh, and the McCallum Stadium and everything else uh, is still on track. It just kind of shifts the timeline a little bit is what it looks like. Um, there's conflicting report or conflicting sources, I guess, um, saying that for 2019 it's still on in a temporary home and everything else uh, other sources are saying that they're targeting 2021 and opening in the new stadium uh, the fully constructed stadium and and putting that off for a couple of years but um, on the Austin side of things it, it looks like a win not if um, the the only thing is this is exactly what we were talking about for the last few months where it really screws over San Antonio and Sacramento and all of the other markets that are contending for this expansion process. Yeah, it's not great for any expansion market because Columbus is, is essentially being handed an expansion fran franchise um, along with purchasing the rights to the crew. Um, that new ownership group is going to be covering the cost of an expansion fee. Um, and pre-court is going to just get ownership of a new team, brand new team down there, essentially. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's a when, not if, personally. Um, there's still some big hurdles to jump over, and the timeline, in my opinion, doesn't favor pre-court. The sooner he can get that team up and running, the better. Um, we've got a new potential new mayor going into Austin here in November, um, and now they've got the time to go through the deal and make sure that it's what's best um, what's best for Austin. They've got the time to negotiate the numbers and, and everything like that. So it may not, it may not work out ideally in pre-court's favor. He may end up paying more taxes and having to put more money into this thing to get it off the ground. Yeah, it, it was kind of interesting. One of the things we talked about off air was such a big narrative was that um, – there's a deadline and this all had to get through city council by X date or else it wasn't going to happen. And then they got an extension for this date. And um, now that it looks like it's an open-ended development, um, it, it kind of leaves a sour taste in my mouth, to be honest with you, because it feels very politicky and everything that I hate about MLS, um, yeah. which I won't get into again, but it's just a wreck of a business. <laughs> and so uh, you know, it, it's 
it's interesting for sure because the the deal hasn't been signed there's lawsuits pending like we've talked about and Mm -hmm. there's potential of uh changing seats in city government like you mentioned um so i i don't know man It, it would be really interesting to see what happens if this does get taken down the road all the way to 2021 because i agree with you it it wouldn't favor anyone like you would want to get started as soon as you could and and get those boots on the ground uh get the ball getting kicked and uh stay out of the the legal mumbo jumbo as much as possible even though it appears that they've cleared the lawsuits in columbus now because they've really become a moot point with this um there's still a lot of moving parts and there's a lot of opportunity for this to get derailed um do I still think it's going to probably happen? Yeah, more than likely they're going to do everything in their power to make it happen. And they'll most likely be successful. But I still think there's a chance floating around out there that this doesn't get done now with the pushed back to deadlines that are there. But time will tell as with everything. Um, When this was all announced, another market that's basically in the same boat as San Antonio uh, Sacramento, the Republic Twitter account uh, actually tweeted out official club statement regarding today's comments from MLS. We're currently in the last phase of a year-long process of securing a top flight ownership group to deliver the MLS club our fans and community deserve. Today's announcement does not impact our final stage of negotiations in any way whatsoever. Uh, Republic FC, together with our prospective ownership partners, are in constant communication with the league being MLS about next steps. Um, alongside them, Mayor Darnell Steinberg and the city council and the entire community, we remain as committed and confident as ever in achieving our goal, bringing MLS to Sacramento. Uh, so obviously they are still continuing the fight. Um, I reached out to um, SAFC who didn't have a comment about um, the MLS Surprise, surprise. Stuff, which we've talked about all year. They're, you know, that's all happening in the business doors and and not on the soccer field right um and then um yeah we should reach out to uh to phoenix and see what they have to say but i saw that they're hosting some mls officials to their playoff game Um, oh i hadn't seen that yeah so it seems like they are still um you know in the process and i don't blame them phoenix would be a, a great market for mls um so yeah, it's it's interesting for sure, but <sighs> it's gonna it's gonna get crazy with you know Phoenix in play, Sacramento, San Antonio, maybe St. Louis, Louis San Diego. There are so many markets that want in on this, and with only two two spots maybe to go, depending on what they decide to do here. Um, yeah, it's going to be a big fight, and whoever doesn't get it, if it's truly the end of the expansion process, it's not. There's, yeah, it's not. It's not going to be. But regardless, there's probably going to be some more lawsuits thrown around in here that yeah. are going to make things complicated. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. It might actually end up. Lawsuits might actually help this whole situation because then MLS may just be like, no, you know what? Let's just let's add another four teams and collect, <laughs> you know, another two hundred million per team for a expansion fee buy-in and figure it out from there it may be a win-win for everybody who knows we'll see what happens that's what i've been saying since the start is just open the gates get it to 32 you know who cares like if usl can have 80 teams then mls can have 32 or 34 or whatever um you know we'll see but 
Uh, speaking of San Diego, reports that uh, San Diego's own Landon Donovan, um, most notably a huge L Tree fan, um, he allegedly denied the chance to uh, become technical director and head coach of Las Vegas Lights FC in favor of Eric Winalta, who's taking that role instead, which is not uh, not a rumor. That was officially announced, the Winalta part. Now, I should have probably talked to you about this one beforehand because this was – this was actually how I was thinking we'd probably close out the show. But you know what? Let's start it off with <laughs> the one thing. One thing. I went back and listened to our preseason podcast, preview podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Here we go. Um, we got pretty much one thing. Well, we got a couple things, right? But really the big thing that we really hit on the head with no like if, ands, or buts about it um, was the last thing that we talked about on that podcast. Which was the question, will Chalice and Son make it more than one season in Las Vegas? <laughs> and the answer is no. Don't worry. I did something. I, did, I should have told you before, but I did something. Let me see if it'll work. Oh, there we go. That's, you hear that? That's a money in the bank. Right oh, there. man. We, we nailed that. That, that. that was pretty much the one thing we got right this with our preseason predictions was Chalice being out at the end of the, by the end of season one and uh, somebody new being in the, the coaching seat and techni- technical director seat. We did it. <laughs> I'm going to have too much fun with that. This. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Sound okay? Am I blowing anyone's ears out? Yeah, it sounds good over here. Oh, good God. <laughs> I promise, folks, I will find a way to get control of this from him so that this isn't happening all the time. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, no no big surprise that Chili's is gone. And um, I, I hate to be a jerk, but I don't think his son would have been there if not for him. Um, oh, agreed. 100%. Like, that was his in. <laughs> that was yeah. totally his in. Um, when Alda is a head coach, what do you think? It's interesting. It's a very Vegas move. Yeah. Landon Donovan's a very Vegas move for, for them as well. Um, I like the Winalda move better than the Donovan move, personally. I would much rather have Winalda in there. I, he's so outspoken. And, like, I don't know how it's going to be on the field. Um, well, it, it's going to be a little bit more reined in than what we saw this season, for sure. I mean, whenever we ever cared what Vegas does on the field, it's <laughs> it's about the llamas and the motorcycles and the weed bus and. Well, yeah. as as out in the out in things, you know, really, <sighs> Vegas is the anti SAFC from the front office <laughs> standpoint. Are. Now, um, Eric Winalda is going to be out there every week telling you exactly what he's planning on doing and how he's planning on getting there. Whereas we get no information at all from the front office here about what's going on. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out, but I, I'm on board. I think it's going to be fun. Um, and I think he'll, he'll do good things out there in Vegas. It's a way to get his feet back in the pool and start doing things after everything with the USSF run and everything. So I tweeted out the gif earlier. It was the one from Pirates of the Caribbean where it's Jack Sparrow saying, but you've heard of me, or at least you've heard of me or whatever. And 
that's just seems like the motto for the Vegas front office. And I'm not hating on it. I, you do what you got to do, man. Helicopter money drops and all that. Like we're talking about you and the lower division soccer team. That's, that's step one. They have found a regular place in our podcast talks (laughs) and we're not a Las Vegas podcast. Like, you're doing something right media-wise when we spend a portion of our show almost every week talking about you. That's been the big secret about Texas Soccer Radio is it's actually a Las Vegas Lights podcast in disguise. <laughs> <laughs> We're just big Carlos Alvarez fans. Pretty much. I mean, that's, he's the star of the show out there. <laughs> well, speaking of SAFC, do you want to dig into... Uh, to uh, Let's go over... The, kind of our thoughts on the season and then we'll take a look at our predictions and see how off we were from the beginning of the year if that works for you (laughs) that works for me so san antonio fc uh in case you've been living under a rock they finished ninth place in the western conference one spot out of the playoffs three points out of the playoffs uh st louis and swope park both ended with 53 points san antonio ended with 50 um so even a win against rgv would not have gotten them in so um it's a bummer man it's the in the three years that safc has existed this is the second time that they've come in ninth and that it's come down to that last match against rgv both times um the weird thing is that the other season they came in what was it second in the western conference so it's like either running the table or running to catch up to it and i mean it's, I it's, how do you feel i don't know it's such a big difference going from you know being right on the edge and in the, in the cusp of getting into the playoffs to what we had last season which like you said we finished second we made it to the second round of the playoffs went out against okc energy four to one in penalty kicks god help us for that one but yeah. I, I vaguely remember that it's it's not a bad season and I feel like we saw some big hints at what this team could be Um, and it makes me excited for the future still I I am excited for the future because there is some talent on this team um, and things did seem to get progressively better towards the end of the season with uh, what we were seeing on the field despite the fact that we had some consistency issues with having these big runs of wins and losses yeah Um, the talent's there how much of the talent's going to remain after this season? I don't know. That's the big question for me right now is who's, who's coming back. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be interesting to see. Um, going from 17 to 18, we didn't see a huge amount of turnover. I felt like, mm. um, obviously Billy Forbes leaving, uh, was, was the marquee departure besides Sebastian Biaga leaving. Um, yeah. But other than that, I felt like it was a lot of players who weren't getting a ton of minutes for the most part. Um, I think going into 2019, this is just pure uneducated guess. I think this might be a big turnover where, um, you know, some of these guys have been around since 2016 might not be back. Um, You know, Rafa is not getting any younger, even though, He's still playing at a high level. Um, Mikey I think Lopez. he retires. I mean, I think Rafa's I, – I think realistically looking at this list of players, because I've got the, the lineup, the roster in front of me right here, Rafa and Ryan Rashindle, those are two that I think are probably 
on the retirement bus at this point to find coaching jobs inside of SAFC, hopefully either with the Academy or on with the main squad. But those two for sure, I think are probably on the retirement road. I don't know. I was sitting on the front, the front row of the bench for a few of those matches. Like he was sitting up by the coaches. So he might be, you know, with Andy Thompson gone, maybe he takes that vacancy. I can definitely see that all day long. Um, Obviously, we can say with pretty good certainty, Diego Restrepo is going to be out of here as well. (laughs) (laughs) I think he's the easy call here outside of those two for me. Bold statement. (laughs) Um, I'm unsure about the future of Stephen McCarthy. I think it's probably 50-50 that we see him back. Um, Obviously, we didn't see that much of him this season. Uh, He didn't look bad when we did see him, but if he can't stay healthy, then there's not a great reason to keep him around the team. He's had health issues, you know, the last two seasons for sure. So it wouldn't surprise me to see him um, hang him up or or at least go to like more of a part-time position, like a a bench role position, which is crazy because he's the best center back on the squad for the last, well, two of the three years. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think. I wouldn't be surprised to see Greg Cochran move on. Um, yeah, he's finished his MBA and he's, you know, he's been here for three years and for a lot of players, that's, that's an eternity at this level. So, uh, he may be looking to, uh, try and get up to the next level, or maybe he looks to settle down in San Antonio and stays here the rest of his career. I don't really know, but that would be one that wouldn't really surprise me. Um, I don't know what to make of Mikey Lopez. I think he's another one that I'd really like to see us keep. Um, but in the big scheme of things, we 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 definitely know that Mikey was told to come here from NYCFC to you know keep an eye no, on. We don't so definitely know that. Well, don't definitely know that. But I mean, it seems uh, seems like that way to me over here. So yeah. I think it's probably fifty fifty whether we see Mikey Lopez back as well. Um, Ethan Bryant's one I think we will see back for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Charlie Ward, Jose Escalante, I don't know how either of those two go here either. There's a lot of unknowns on this team in my book. I sit here and I look at this list and I can't say with certainty who I think is going to be back. I wouldn't be surprised to see Omar Gordon gone. Um, a lot of folks have probably forgotten, but he is technically in San Antonio on loan mm-hmm. uh, from Montego Bay United. So uh, it wouldn't surprise me to see him look for another spot, given how San Antonio finished this year. Um, I think he probably came back because they really contended last year, uh, and this year, you know, it didn't didn't really work out. I think the saving, <laughs> the thing that could get him to stay potentially. Um, you know, I don't know their relationship, so maybe this is making a, a lot of jumps, but. He and Lance Lang have both played for the Jamaican national team, and it certainly seems like Lance wants to come back next year. Um, Another player that's on loan technically, but he's kind of on that opposite end of the spectrum where it certainly seems like he wants to be here long term. Um, So maybe that Jamaican national team connection, um, you know, can can get Omar to stay too. But uh, man, I I don't know about Omar. I hope he's back, but we'll see. (laughs) 
I hope so too. And Lance, same thing. I, I don't know if he's going to get a look going up. He might. He might get a look from an MLS squad after his play here to come in at the end of the season and finally get some time on the field. Um, he really had a great showing by the end of it. So yeah, I could definitely see him getting some looks. Honestly, I think the position I feel safest as, at, safest at is at forward. Yeah, like I look at forward and I go, <laughs> I can see Elizondo coming back. I can see Murphy coming back. I can see Guzman coming back. Alex Bruce doesn't have a big reason to go anywhere. I, I don't think he's going to get any offers better than San Antonio. And he has a green card, so he's not taking up an international slot. Um, it's, it's everywhere else that I'm worried about. That's the position I'm least worried about. Yeah, that's a weird spot, right? Isn't For, it like- <laughs> coming into the season, that was where we had the most questions. And now we're like, oh, yeah, I, I could see all the forwards coming back. Yeah, and it- – to be honest, depending on what we can string together here, you know, if we can get Ethan and Lance and Omar and Ever back, um, there was some promising stuff happening with that little grouping there uh, coming towards the end of the season here from a scoring aspect. So that might be able to – if we can keep that core group together, yeah. we might be able to jumpstart some things here. Um, One thing to keep in mind, two guys that I've got my eye on, um, Connor Presley and Sonny Guadarrama are both guys who I think, personally, I expected to get more minutes coming into the season. And um, they they didn't get consistent time here. And they're both from the Austin area. So with Austin Bold coming up, you know. I think Sonny's gone. Get those offers. I think Sonny's gone, honestly. Um, and I, I don't blame him. He didn't really get any playtime with us this season at all. So, um, but outside of outside of re-signing Lance, Harry says need to show Lance the money. Yeah. I agree, man. That's agree a hundred percent. Make that man feel like he's wanted here because he is. He needs to be here. He's he is a great talent, and I don't want to miss out on that going forward. Um, but honestly, looking at the entire roster, the next biggest priority for me after signing Lance Lang is Darnell King. Oh, for sure. We have to get Darnell back because that man makes magic happen on the field <laughs> from end to end. Um, even he's, he's, he's just so dynamic at, at defense and moving up the field and coming, coming up to play on the offensive side of things when he needs to. Um, it's really quite amazing what Darnell King accomplishes game to game. Yeah, I put it out on Twitter, and I'd love to hear your three. Um, I'll give you a second to think about it if you want, but I uh, put out my three votes for SAFC's um, team of the year for USL. Um, So it's basically who I thought the three best players on the team were this season. Um, And so I put Darnell King in the number one slot um, because he – has just been a beast. He's got five assists on the season, which uh, is second only to Lance Lang. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he, he played – King played center back for a good chunk of the year. Um, so I don't know how you don't re-sign Darnell King unless he's just set on going somewhere else. Um, I think that was definitely the pickup of the year for SAFC. Agreed 100%. Uh, so I put Darnell King as my one slot. And then for the other two, they were even. I put 
uh, Ever Guzman and Lance Lang, even though Lang's here on loan. But uh, Guzman finishes uh, as the leading scorer, and it's not even close with 11 goals in 27 appearances. Lance Lang finishes (laughs) – this is amazing, man. He finishes – top of the assists for SAFC with six assists on the year in only 16 appearances. Um, he scored, God, how many games did he have where he had a goal and an assist? Uh, I think it six, was six games, games with, yeah, all six games with assists. He had a goal as well. Just insanely talented, man. And so King, Guzman, and Lang, I think are uh, the top three for 2018 for San Antonio. Not hearing your, yours because I, I didn't see that tweet. I would go the same way. Like yeah. those three, Darnell King's definitely at the top of the list. I'd actually put Ever at number two, and then number three would be, would be Lance for sure. Yeah. And that's really just a factor of how long he's been with the club and, yeah. and his performance over time. But he has definitely helped jumpstart the offense, and he's important to the future here. Um, I can't stress enough, though, about King, how important he is. Um, I know I'm getting a little ahead of ourselves here with some of our predictions, um, but we said who's going to be the top assist for this season. Uh, both of us called Sonny Guadarrama <laughs> as being top assist this year. Yep. <laughs> Lance Lang had six. Darnell King was right behind him with five. Um, and then top clearances. We both agreed on this one as well. Oh boy. Chris Christian. <laughs> Chris Christian had a whopping 16 clearances for the team. Oh my god. Cyprian Hedrick was our leader with 129 and Darnell King was right behind him with 128. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. We should never do any predictions yeah. again. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just it's amazing to see Darnell King in multiple categories being right near the top. Um, of those categories for for stuff he's accomplished with SAFC for the season and on both sides of the ball from assists to clearances. <laughs> we both picked a guy that's not even on the team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did. Oh my god. <laughs> um. Wow, you could give me a hundred guesses at one. Guess not a hundred, but you could give me five guesses today. And I wouldn't have remembered that we said Chris Christian. Well, you want to know what's worse about it is that we also said that Chris Christian was the only center back with a lockdown job and everybody else was fighting for the other spot. (laughs) We need to get his DM and just get that episode deleted. Oh, man. (laughs) Oh my! God. There, there were some things. Yeah, no, it's just. <laughs> um. Yeah. So before we get into the rest of the predictions, I just want to say, um, outside of the three that I mentioned, the two that I felt worst about not making it, um, Greg Cochran and Mikey Lopez. Um, I felt like both of them made a case this year, and Cochran in particular, taking on the captain's armband um, somewhat unexpectedly. and, and well, really... Well-deserved. Oh, for sure. Well-deserved. Yeah, I would love to see Cochran back. I'd love to see him retire here, honestly. But, uh, and same with Lopez. I, yeah. I know, he, uh, you know he was a little controversial at times with, uh, you know, he's, 
plays with a lot of passion and he shows it. And so um, he contributed consistently, which is something we can't say about a lot of the players on the team. So maybe he wasn't one of the best at any point, but he was never one of the worst from what I could remember. Um, He was consistent, consistently good. Um, Yes. And I think that merits, you know, mentioning. So the only thing with Mikey is we know he's got his sights set on higher. So if there's an opportunity, yeah. And yeah. And you know, there's players out there that are content playing at the USL level and being at the top of it. But we know for sure with Mikey, he's got his sights set on moving up if he can, and I won't blame him if he does, but I'd love to see him back. For sure. Me too. Um, I I think he's fun to watch, man. I, I don't know. I, I enjoy entertaining soccer. And so anything that's fun to watch, I'm here for it. Uh, Farino in Vegas was one of my favorite goalkeepers this year because he was fucking a midfielder at times. So, uh, you know, Oh man, I should not have I should not have gone back and listened to that episode. <laughs> yeah, what else do you got? Let's let's get into that. We, we called Chris Chris Christian the new Ibiaga. <laughs> um why are we hyping Chris Christian so much? He looked good in the preseason. He really did. He looked good in the preseason <laughs> games. It, he looked really good. Um, I mean, just like Sonny Guadarrama, who we didn't see much of, we called him a fucking machine. So uh, He was amazing. He was. Pack. I kind of mentioned that earlier this episode. I was Same shocked. That, you know, as soon as the regular season started, it was night and day. Uh, he and Ever Guzman were, you know, phenomenal. I'm glad yeah. Ethan Bryan stepped up, though. I, th- I thought he was a good 10 when he was playing that role. Mikey played it well, but... There's nothing like what we saw in the preseason with Sonny Water. Oh, not at all. Sonny looked great in the preseason. Absolutely amazing in the preseason. And I can't believe how big that fell off going yeah. into this season. And then he just disappeared. Like it's been has it's been weeks since we've seen him in an 18 or anything. So who knows? I that's one of the biggest reasons why I don't think he's gonna be back with the team next year and that yeah. he'll be somewhere else. Awesome. Um, yeah. <laughs> It makes sense. It really does. A lot of sense. I never blame anybody for that, for going to their hometown. Um, you want to get into some of these season predictions and yeah, how bad we screwed up here, down. though? <laughs> so let's start with our top three predictions for e- in the East, how they're going to finish. Oh, boy. Um, this was one where we had this problem a lot with our preseason show. And this was despite us not talking about who we were picking. We just discussed like what we were going to pick for and not who we were actually picking beforehand. Yeah. We went in blind to each other. We, we didn't talk and, about it off there. <laughs> and top three in the East, we both picked Tampa, Louisville and Indy. Not yeah, in any particular, <laughs> not in any particular order. Um, but yeah, right now, actually it's, FC Cincinnati, Louisville, and, and Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, rounded out right there. Um, top three in the West. We know how those finished out with Orange County, Sacramento, and Phoenix um, make it, taking up those slots. Um, both of us had San Antonio in our predictions. <laughs> and your other two teams were Swope, Swope Park Rangers, and the Real Monarchs. Oh. Dang. And I had, I had Real Monarchs in Phoenix. 
You got Phoenix. I got one. We did it. One One right. Um, Bottom three in the East. We did a little bit better here. Slightly. (laughs) We both picked Atlanta. Atlanta is in the bottom three. Um, You picked Toronto. Toronto's in the bottom three. Your third one was North Carolina. Close. (laughs) (laughs) Not quite there. Yeah. Um, and then I had Penn FC, who's right on the, the, the edge of that, and the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. <laughs> that was, I got that one really wrong. Really, really, really wrong. They were in a three. It was the top three. <laughs> it's the wrong three. Um, bottom three of the West. Uh, you had OKC, Portland, and Las Vegas. We did it. Um, I also shared the Vegas and the Portland picks. And my third one was RGV. (sighs) Fucking RGV. Close. So the actual ones are Vegas, S2, and Tulsa. Yeah. All right. Vegas was the the consensus pick there, and we we were right on that one. (laughs) Vegas can always count on them – Losing, I guess. I don't know. That's not a nice thing to say. (laughs) (laughs) We've already gone over clearances. We've already gone gone over clearances and assists. So we've got one more category left that we picked preseason. um, And that was top scorer. Do you remember who you picked to be the top scorer this year? Um, Probably. Probably Omar Gordon. That that that's a no, that's a no. It was Chris Tierpak, <laughs> not on the team anymore. <laughs> um, you nailed the number though. You thought Chris Tierpak was going to have eleven goals. Um, ever ended up with eleven goals? I mean, they're basically the same guy, right? <laughs> and I picked the right person because I picked Guzman, but I. I, I got the number of goals really wrong because I said he was going to lead the league with 21 goals. <laughs> um, the bad thing about that is that even if he had gotten 21 goals this season, he still wouldn't be the league leader. Because the league, league leader's at, I think, leave 25. Um, yeah. So, so, so we, we hit a few, but overall, we, we took some big misses this, this season with our predictions for what was going to happen. <laughs> hurts man yeah the uh golden boot winner is lancaster from louisville city with 25 goals there you go um the really the only other prediction we made this uh going into this was who the championship's gonna be which hasn't happened yet so predicting on that um you've got louisville and and salt lake city with salt lake city winning I, mine can't even happen because I picked San Antonio in the in Indy 11. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least Indy so, 11's in there. Did you have Indy winning it? Or did you I have- didn't. I had SAFC winning it in a game in Indy. We were going to go play up in, at Lucas Oil Stadium um, and win up there. Yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah, some big misses there, but a few hits. A few. Hopefully we'll do better this next year. I'm going to make sure I put all those categories aside so we can predict the exact same thing for next season, though. So who did I have? Real Monarchs in Louisville with yep. Louisville winning? With, with the Monarchs winning. 
To be fair, that was before they fired their coach for um, trying to pay off a woman to leave the state and allegedly. Allegedly. Which I was looking at, I think he was, all those charges were actually dismissed. So Were they? Interesting. We'll we'll leave it at allegedly because dismissed (laughs) doesn't mean not guilty. Um, Allegedly. Allegedly. Anyway. Man, um, wow, all right. Greetings, how you doing on uh, Periscope? I was going to say join us every week on uh, Periscope, but I think we're actually going to be taking a brief hiatus. Is that right? You we'll, take probably, I would take... we'll plan this. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you want to get to Twitter first before we do this? Oh, yeah, I do. We had Thank tons you. of Twitter yeah. stuff. I didn't actually like write down who every individual one was i just kind of condensed some things down well, I'm gonna if there's any it. particular topics you want to talk about here we should probably hit them yeah thank you so much for reminding me i would have really kicked myself if i forgot that um so from the texas soccer radio twitter we asked uh, with safc seasons over what do you take away from watching the club in 2018 what would you like to see in 2019 so uh michael said that um, he hopes that the coach finds his first team faster than he did this year. Passing accuracy continues to plague our midfield. Um, he said he didn't want to set off any back and forth, but he thinks a lot of the credit um, Diego Restrepo received is down to the back line Ibiaga organized. Um, he says he also noticed a general decline in communication with fans, particularly on social media. Missed the kind of content that Anya produced in 2017, which helped me get to know the players and therefore deepen my emotional commitment to the team. Uh, otherwise, I don't really care about the quote-unquote fan experience. I don't need a mascot or pre-landfill freebies. Uh, I'd rather all that money and effort <laughs> go to identifying and recruiting on-field talent. We're better than ninth place or should be at any rate. We should be. We I should agree, be. Um, I don't agree with all of this, though. Yeah, let's hear it. Because I actually agree with a lot of it. I think the two big things, the the big thing that keeps stuck in that to me, and it wasn't just with his tweet. There were several that uh, mentioned passing accuracy with this team. And it wasn't that bad. Like really in the big scheme of things, the passing accuracy really wasn't that bad. Um, We finished the season with a 78.1% overall pass success rate on the field. Um, To put that in perspective, the last place team was Vegas with 68% and Real, Monarch, Real Monarchs and Swope were tied with 83. Um, we were in the top half of the teams in the league for, for passing rate success. And there's really not a whole lot of variance um, if you're in the top 12 to 15 teams or so. They're all separated by three or four percentage points um, in the big scheme of things. So I don't know if that's, that's the issue here. Um, I do agree with the, the clean sheets in Ibiaga, though. Um, and that's, that's pretty, pretty apparent. We only had five clean sheets for the team this year. Four of those were with Diego Restrepo. One was, was, one with, was with Matt Cardoni. Um, the league leader this year was Pittsburgh, and they had 17 clean sheets. Mm-hmm. And we all know how monster a season we had last year with clean sheets. It was, it was crazy. Um, and it really does seem to be apparent that Ibiaga was the big part of that. So... Certainly seems that way. What do you what do you think about the what do you make of the passing accuracy? You think it's a, an issue for the team? 
I felt like it was a different style this year. Um, and so maybe that is part of what took some time to get used to. <clears throat> as far as the actual accuracy itself, um, I, I didn't have a huge problem with it because so often the team was playing from behind um, and, you know, not like getting blown out or anything, but they'd be down one nil and having to come back and all of that. And so I'm kind of okay with them taking some chances and, you know, maybe not settling for the easiest pass constantly. Um, but I, I do agree with him, with Michael on, some of the other things, I, I think one of the things that hurt the team a lot was the the starting 11 being a total question every week mm-hmm. to the outside anyway. I don't know how it was in the locker room. Um, part of that, obviously, a 34-game season in, I think it's 30 weeks. Um, it's strenuous, and you add in Open Cup games and friendlies and all that, and, and it's a lot. So I understand rotation. Um, but it just felt like there was never a consistent 11 until right at the end. Um, and I agree with you about Restrepo. Uh, he's a good goalkeeper, but I, Ibiago was a phenomenal center back. And as we've seen this year, he's an MLS level center back. He's yeah. gotten a lot of time with NYCFC. Um, the, the bigger thing that I don't think we've talked about a lot um, is the the communication with fans and kind of the outreach from the club um we have that (laughs) (laughs) yeah like you're a season ticket member so you might have a different perspective than i do i'm sure you have a different perspective than i do but um my two cents is that there were times like i'm on twitter a lot i'm on social media a lot Um, And there were times when me as a member of the media, um, one of the people who's supposed to know this club better than anyone else in the nation, um, there were times where I would be watching at training or watching at warmups and not be 100% sure who some players were. Um, Like not the, the starting 11 or whatever, but you know, some of the depth players that aren't getting a lot of minutes and um, you know, it, it just, it feels like that shouldn't be a thing <laughs> with 2018 and with social media and with all the resources SS and E has, um, I do, I do want to say up front that I think they do a lot of things. Well, um, it's definitely one of the best USL clubs in the league. And, uh, Mike from Tampa put together the average attendance. I think, San Antonio FC was second in the West, only behind Sacramento for the season on average like attendance. Five uh, overall or something like that right around yeah. there. Oh, yeah. The East killed uh, the West. But but my point being, SAFC does a lot of good things, and I don't want to like burn them to the ground. But it just felt like there wasn't a, like a connection with a lot of the players this year. And I don't know if that's because – um there were fewer of the kind of up close and personal stuff and it just when you watched the stuff in the stadium it all kind of felt like it was filmed at the beginning of the year and yeah like thrown out there sprinkled out there and i just think the spurs can do better like i the spurs game is on right now or it was on um on my tv over to the side 
And even before they played a single game, I knew every player on that roster. <laughs> and that's crazy. Um, and I just, I hope that there's more sort of getting the players up to the front, whether that be getting them on social media or, or doing stuff from the club perspective or, or whatever it may be. But how, how do you feel about all that, especially being a season ticket member? I mean, there's, there's not that much going on. Like there, it, they did host a few events throughout the year. Unfortunately, they always seem to conflict with stuff I already had going on. Um, but they could do a lot more. They really could. They don't do a whole lot to push the players forward and to put player faces in front of fans outside of a game day situation. Um, there's really only a handful of events where you're going to see them at best. Um, but even just general communication with season ticket members with what's going on, it's, you know, maybe a short email every week, every other week, if you're lucky with some information, um, obviously being plugged into the media side as well. I see a little bit more from the club than your average season ticket member. Um, but the, I mean, there's stuff lacking and I know, I know there's people that are out there that are frustrated with lack of communication between the team and the fan base in regards to the MLS push and what's going on as well. And I, I sit in that same boat. I'm frustrated that we don't know more about the bid and what and why, and you know, the, the inner workings of some of that stuff. Um, because if you want to drum up excitement about this team, you've got to put the players in front of people and, if you're pushing for MLS, you need to get that information out to people to get them hyped. And that's just something that's I've always felt has kind of been lacking with the team. Um, not just as a season ticket member, but also on the media side of things. I don't know if you feel the same way or not. You, know, you, you do a little bit, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's tough. I'd love to see more stuff from the season ticket member side of things where there's opportunities for fans to get involved or even just fan recognition stuff. I know they pushed, they seem to push a little bit harder this year than they have in previous years with fan appreciation month, at least for the last game of the season. Um, but even that was plagued with problems. They did all these sort of text to win things where you could win prizes by texting in during the game with a key phrase, but the whole system crashed multiple times during the night where you couldn't even, Texting wasn't enough. That's the thing is it wasn't, oh, I text and I'm entered. It was, oh, I text. And then I get a message back that has a link that I have to go fill out a form to before I'm actually entered. And the system was crashing. I, I was literally getting texts for 18 hours after I left that game where it was like, <laughs> you're already entered for this drawing. And I'm like, I know you've already told me three times. Hey, you're already entered for this drawing again. I, I'm aware. Hey, you're entered for the drawing. Great. Okay. I know this, but I still can't click the link to fill out the form, even though you say I'm already in cause it's not working. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's little things like that. And our, our close personal friend, maybe future podcast guest question mark. Uh, Co on Twitter says uh, devil's advocate. What exactly does the team owe the fans in regards to communication? Um, and I would say that if it were a MLS level team, or maybe not even MLS, top tier league, like NBA, NFL, even NHL, um, they don't owe a lot and they don't owe a thing. Like you're going to come for the product. But 
at this level for USL, for second division soccer, for a minor league sport, for all intents and purposes, um, you know, it, it's um, you, you have to reel the fans in. And if you're not going to do it with Star Wars night and bring your dog night and all that stuff, which I, I don't think they should do, no. um, then you have to make them care emotionally and you have to get them to give a crap about the team as a whole. Um, I, I think one thing they did do well, sorry, I'm not trying That's to, like here, but I just want to identify the things that I did enjoy before I rip on the things that I don't like. Um, they, they got the San Antonio thunder stuff this year. Mm-hmm. That was something they didn't have to do. And I think it was cool. And I'm sure it sold a lot for soccer factory or whoever gets those profits, but um, they're still trying to clear out that product because they they, they said it was they said it was one night and they still have those jerseys for sale at the games um i like that they did that i like the attempt we've talked about it before the merch um mm-hmm. unless you are getting ready to go to ufc fight it looks pretty crappy a lot of it um i like the jerseys but the mm-hmm. actual like t-shirts and, and anything that i would wear outside of a jersey um it's it doesn't call to me in particular it looks kind of like tap out brandish which like if that's your thing more power to you but um you just expect more with with ssne like i i shouldn't be longing for the days of the scorpions and i'm not i'm not there yet by any means but it just doesn't feel like that big of a step right now in a lot of these little things. I miss the Scorpions because they had good hats. <laughs> <Look at it. laughs> they had good hats. I miss that hat because that hat got lost in a Slipknot concert in Austin. It disappeared yeah. right off the top of my head in a mosh pit and never was seen again. Um, I think you hit a good point that at this level of play, you have to be drawing fans in. It's, this isn't the San Antonio Spurs. They are in direct competition with college sports um, on, for game nights. They've got hockey to compete with. They've got uh, the missions to compete with as well. There is a lot of other sport options in this town, maybe not necessarily soccer-related, um, but at the same tier of play that could take your dollars elsewhere. Granted, most of them are still a part of you know SSNE somehow <laughs> some way somehow um but at the end of the day if your butt's not in the seat at Toyota Field it doesn't matter like you get yeah. if your butt's in a different stadium that's who's getting your your money and your number not SS, San Antonio FC you know they need to get fans in those seats some way somehow and fill that stadium up to make it worthwhile to keep the team going I don't want to harp on this too much but it <clears throat> like Michael said, I miss some of the stuff that they used to do with Anya and the, the video stuff mm-hmm. that went on social media. Um, I remember, I guess it would have been this preseason when the Super Bowl was getting ready to happen. They had, who was it? Cochran and Maxi. And I remember they had like a bunch of guys out there just goofing around. And yeah. in years past, they had like them talking about how they were roommates and like, you just don't feel any emotional investment without that kind of stuff as far as the individual players. Um, Cause otherwise like you're just out there rooting for a Jersey and maybe that's enough for some people. And you know, maybe it should be enough, but it uh, it could be better. I think. 
Yeah, there's room for improvement, and hopefully they will improve. I mean, everything that I've seen from season wrap-up from folks that work for the team on social media all see that they're working on bigger and better things for next season, and I hope it's true. I hope yeah. we see improvements and see, see new stuff coming out here in the future. So hopefully that is the case. I will be there regardless. I did renew for this next year, so. That's be... the thing. We're, we're pulling for, for the team for sure, and I just realized that I don't have tickets for next year. <laughs> Since uh, 210soccer.com is going away, my media pass is going away. That's going to be a problem. Come uh, hang out with me in 108. Yeah, maybe we should uh, <laughs> look into that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm hoping, hoping for good things. Um, I didn't mean to derail the whole Twitter conversation. I just think that Michael brought up some really good points there. Um, Aaron came in with... Uh, 2018 has been a hard year for a fan results on the field, not up to expectations, getting the shaft from MLS, little direction to fans from SS and E um, you can see the results in lowered attendance, which I'm going to put an asterisk by that um, hope for better in 2019, but I'm anxious that a lot of beloved players will be gone. Um, as far as the attendance goes, like you're still second in the West. And I think it's at a sustainable level at this point. It's not, um, you know, crazy MLS hype numbers or whatever. Like it's people actually coming out to see a USL team yeah. and not a lot of ulterior motives there. So, I mean, I'm actually it was down, what, it was down like 3%, like not a horribly massive amount yeah. in the big scheme of things attendance wise. It wasn't down that much. Um, um, sorry, go ahead. What else you got? <laughs> Uh, I was just scrolling through these because we got a ton of uh, feedback on this. Um, why does this say number four and nothing else? <laughs> <laughs> um, another one from uh, Jarek McKay, I believe, uh, saying improved communication to the fan base from SSNE. Um, this is uh, kind of a common theme here is just communication from the club um danielle says want a mascot and good snapchat filters uh everyone already knows how i feel about player performances um i wouldn't i wouldn't hate on a mascot or even if just the coyote came out like the fuck is he doing in the summers <laughs> besides i say he i guess it could be a she no there's a mrs coyote so coyote is there uh, I guess it could be two Mrs. Coyotes. I don't want to stereotype here, but um, anyway, my point being the coyote could come out and, uh, you know, I know they did for a few games, but like, what if else are they doing in the summer? <laughs> I swear if we see anything other than the coyote or T-bone out there, oh, I am, is a yeah, sorry, go ahead. I am going to cancel my season tickets so fast. I do not oh. want, I do not want another monstrosity of a mascot running around our field. I would agree. I am so, t no, I'm so off the mascot train. <laughs> Unless your name is Gritty, you don't get any respect <laughs> from me now. Hey, I'll drink to my president. Um, <laughs> gritty, that is. Um, <laughs> I, I would agree with you about anybody but the coyote being bad if T-Bone wasn't so damn good. No, like, I want T-Bone. T-Bone's fine. Send T-Bone out. Send the Coyote out. I just don't want another. Well, new, knowing like, that they did two good mascots, like the Coyote is your like goofy, you know, 
he's a coyote like and then t-bone is like just throwing a temper tantrum the whole time rage quitting constantly uh you know i believe that they could come up with a third mascot that would be fitting what's how what is gonna fit though i mean armadillo it's texas i think i guess maybe amazing what if it was like fiesta colored i need to call sesame how do I make this uh, official suggestion? A fiesta-colored armadillo running around at the soccer matches. Is it going to hatch out of an egg? Do armadillos hatch out of eggs? I'm not sure. No. No, Kyle. No, they don't. <laughs> don't do this to me. <laughs> if it hatches out of an egg, I'm canceling my season ticket. <laughs> Unless it's supposed to hatch out of an egg. Let me make that very clear. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not super up on the whole mascot idea, but that's just me. I got you, man. I get it. Um, I just think it could help with identity, honestly. And like, <clears throat> if we're going to take ourselves super seriously, like even some of the English teams have mascots. So like, maybe it's okay. <laughs> like as far as that, that side goes. It would have to be really good for me to be on board. Like really, really good. I agree with you. I don't want a lame one. Fuck, man. You think whoever made Gritty has, like, a practice Gritty? Like, one that they made practicing to make the real suit? Maybe they could get that on the cheap? Just paint it black and silver? Only if Gritty flies down from the ceiling. Can we get? Can we drop Gritty out of a helicopter onto our field? No money drop. Gritty drop. Down from the rafters for the first Flyers game, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. We'll just drop him from a helicopter, right? We'll do what Vegas did. Um, better. Does does everybody know what we're talking about with Gritty? <laughs> like, I hope so. If you're paying attention to sports at all, you should know who Gritty is. He's hard to miss. <laughs> he's he's a big orange. He's like animal from the Muppets. If he like <laughs> was us and got older and got beer bellies and grew hair and weird. It's it's like formations <laughs> it's like this weird combination of grimace and the cookie monster yes. <laughs> like i don't but orange like it's really strange i don't know. um and he's a mascot for the the nhl's uh philadelphia flyers so yeah. gritty can do no wrong he should be a mascot for the entire nhl honestly <laughs> he absolutely uh, should anyway um vsa mexican on twitter says uh one too slow predictable on offense two too few players produced uh three way too many lineup changes uh he also says these guys stood out for me guzman lang gordon bryant cochran cardoni and ward mikey and darnell played well too just had too many cards um thomas says can we please go back to the 343 made for exciting football I loved the three four three man. That was some of my favorite parts of the season. Um, let's see here. The three four three was fun, but we got some results there at the end, running the four one four one. Oh, for sure. Whenever Guzman came back from that injury, and, and you know, Landslide came in, it, it all worked out. But um, that kind of emergency three four three that they had to run yeah. was fun to watch, at least. I will um, I will agree that that fouls were an issue this season. Um, yeah. We were in second place, only behind Vegas. 
Top um, yeah, for they had 540 fouls. We had 470. Um, we were second to Vegas in yellow cards. They had 99. We had 78. Sounds um, about right. Yeah, we, we did some work in that regard. And, and it's a pretty big margin considering um, Reno was, the, was at the bottom of the list when it came to fouls, and they only had 359. So, you know, we were 111 more. <laughs> More fouls than Reno, but still 70 behind Vegas. <laughs> and, like, you can blame the refs for making some bad calls, but when it's that big of a discrepancy, it, it's kind of a red flag. <laughs> yeah. There uh, was a lot of fouls this year. Danielle, jump back in with, I'd like to see the team open up at least one of those preseason scrimmages against local college teams, maybe only to season ticket members. I think they need to keep Darnell King. He and Cochran stabilize us this season and are both too valuable. I agree about the preseason friendlies. I've, I've never really understood why those were closed door. Um, they're not very exciting. Um, uh, like it, it really is just practice. Um, but uh, El Jesus in here would just popping in to say thanks uh, for the pod. Enjoy the, the off season. Thanks, man. You too. Thanks for listening, man. Seriously. Appreciate it. You've been in here a lot. I really do. I notice. <laughs> it's nice seeing some familiar faces. Um, yeah, the, the preseason friendlies, uh, if you open it just to season ticket members, then you're not really hurting attendance or like potentially impacting attendance. So the only thing about it is like setting the expectations of like um, it's not going to be like a real game and they probably wouldn't have all of the concession stands and merch tables and all the fanfare and stuff that goes along with a real game. Um, so change the fanfare. I mean, we've talked about these preseason games being an issue before from a open to the public standpoint. And even if it was one more, this is an opportunity to have another one of those let's get players in front of fans and, you know, maybe have some sort of event that centers around a preseason game where you get to meet the players before the season starts yeah. um, for season ticket members only, at least to, to help make those connections um, and bring more passion to the field for, or to the stadium for fans. Um, it seems like one of those opportunities they could pounce on pretty easily there. Yeah, for sure. I don't disagree. Um Jared McKay again with uh, inability to score. Um, SA Mexican with, I heard a lot of contracts are up this year, so I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of new faces. Um, Hearing Carmen, more contract talk than we are then. Yeah, right. Um, Carmen says, my main takeaway was the late substitutions during games. Felt changes should have come earlier instead of 10 minutes before the end of regulation. That always frustrated me. Um, I agree with that. I do. Given the guy come in to try and make a difference there at the end for the last 10 minutes, unless it's purely from a rest point of view with somebody who's just completely gassed, if you're putting them in there to try and make a difference, give them a little bit more time to work. Yeah. Give them, you know, 15, 20 minutes, make the change a little bit earlier. So um, just to wrap it up on the Twitter side of things, Jerick McKay, the last few things he said, um, kind of we've already touched on with the too high number of fouls, poor passing, lack of consistency and lack of communication. Um, and I really think I don't want to harp on this too much. I'm just going to say one last time that um, a lot of these comments to us are all about 
people who want to care about the club and want to care about the players and felt like this year they weren't able to do that as well uh, as they would like. Um, I, I wish we would have been able to find out if they felt like it was good the last years. Um, but yeah, I, I feel that too, as, as someone who is not employed by the club. <laughs> so um, the communication staff does a great job in making sure the media is informed. Um, the, they're really good on social media. Um, they seem like they have a great response time and they're always posting highlights and all that stuff. But I really miss the uh, FaceTime that you get with the players, uh, not FaceTime, but the, the camera time that you got with the players, those shorts that would pop up on social media right. and, and just introducing the players outside of the 90 minutes on the field. I think you need that if people are going to feel connected. Absolutely. hundred percent agree. Hopefully we'll see more of that going forward, especially if there's a lot of turnover on the team. If we see a lot of new players and new faces, they've got to capitalize on that sort of stuff and those opportunities to make more of those types of videos and, and bring people in a little bit more. So anything else you want to talk about? Tonight? <laughs> so whoa, whoa, what, <laughs> what just happened? I just swiped across my soundboard instead of past it. Sorry. Maybe I'll edit that out. <laughs> this is a terrible idea. <laughs> anyway, um, anything else you want to talk about tonight? before we wrap things up for the regular season i think we covered it on to the off season now on to the off season um just a heads up i kind of mentioned it earlier before i tried to skip twitter on accident um we are going to take a short hiatus from the podcast um so we are probably going to be off until I would guess the middle of November, probably after the USL final. Yeah, there we've got some we've got some vacations and things coming up here that are gonna be cropping up here. So people will be out of town and doing things and yeah, probably the week after the USL final is probably when we'll target. So sometime like probably like the fourteenth or fifteenth, depending on whether we do Wednesday or Thursday night is when you'll see our next, our next podcast from us. <laughs> Harry says soundboard to Larry next week. If you're listening to the podcast version of this, you may have missed a calamity of me accidentally swiping across my phone and hitting every sound button that I have. So sorry about that. Um, I wish the soundboard would work over here, but I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I can make it work with everything. Maybe we'll work on uh, some equipment swappage and, and see about some production upgrades in this time off we'll see or maybe we won't maybe we'll maybe play we a shit ton of dust <laughs> not do anything productive i don't know um make sure you're following us at tx soccer radio on twitter um at larry leathers 87 on twitter and at kyle underscore manky on twitter um we will post a schedule as soon as we have it we'll keep you updated on when we'll be back and all that stuff because this is not the end of the podcast by any means um we will be back we're just taking a couple weeks off here regroup refresh and uh get ready for 2019 and all things that come with that so um it is however the end of 210soccer.com so if you're listening to this and uh 
couple of days, you'll see some goodbye notes on there. Um, probably Thursday or Friday. We'll see when I actually post those, but that site will no longer be around. We'll be back before everybody knows it. I mean, I know, I know it seems like a while, but we are only five short months away from the actual official start of the 2019 season. And we'll be starting lots of coverage for new signings and things like that as they roll in throughout the spring. So you'll be still be hearing from us quite frequently in the off season. And like, honestly, a little peek behind the curtain here. If you're listening at this point in the season, it's because you care about this league and care about this team or this region. So we always get our biggest numbers right at the beginning of the season when everyone's all hyped. Um, so we know the people listening at this point, uh, you're, you're ride or die. So thank you. Genuinely, genuinely. Thank you. Um, we appreciate you guys. Appreciate you guys taking the time every week to listen to us, make fools of ourselves. <laughs> that doesn't sound like us at all <laughs> you got a sound for that no no <laughs> can i can i get a week where i just get monkey noises from you <laughs> or maybe one week when i'm not here i'll just i'll send you the link to the soundboard and you can just hit the buttons act like i'm the monkey that'll work right oh my god <laughs> <laughs> oh man i wish i would have known about that drum sound man i don't want it to end i don't want it's, this episode to end but it's probably time it is time Thank you again for listening, everybody. We appreciate you guys making it out here every week with us on Periscope or to listen to the podcast in its recorded version um, through the Beautiful Game Network. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you, number one, to the people still listening and for, you know, being with us on this ride. We've, we've always said it's not uh, us just talking. It's we try to give a voice to the community and, um, you know, have some sort of representation on, on what the San Antonio community is feeling about SAFC and uh, kind of bringing you the news about Austin and, and we'll see what the future holds there. But, you know, we've, we've really enjoyed doing this this season. So excited to be back in a couple weeks. Um, secondly, thank you. Thank you. Thank you to Michael from the beautiful game network um, for running that operation and for making it tremendously easy for us to make this podcast mm -hmm. um, really took a lot of the pressure off of us and really appreciate being part of BGN for this season. Um, and thank you to uh, Phil Grooms for giving us the shout to, to get on BGN. Absolutely. <laughs> my, my brother from a St. Louis mother up there. Um, it, it's uh it's been fun, man. I, I really enjoyed being part of BGN. Uh, make sure you go to texassoccerito.com. You can see our BGN website and get connected with a ton of other podcasts that cover USL and individual teams and lower level soccer in general. And uh, there's a lot of good stuff on there. So texassoccerito.com, take you to our BGN site. You can uh, explore from there. And thank you to Roughneck Scarves for sponsoring the podcast this season. Uh, they are the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and U.S. soccer. Make sure, please, to order a scarf from them, roughneckscarves.com. You can get a ton of different teams, national teams, clubs, all sorts of stuff on there, and, and of course, custom scarves, too. So 
uh, roughneckscarves.com, R-U-F-F-neckscarves.com. I'm stretching this out because I don't want it to end. <laughs> um, thank you to Larry. Thanks, man. I, I've This is our first full season together, and it's been a freaking blast, man. I'm having a lot of fun. Uh, I said it before, Larry and I have been friends and former roommates for, God, almost 10 years now. Um, it's been a while, yeah. It's been a long time now. Yeah, so, um, you know, it's been a fun fun ride man i'm excited hey. to see where the next turn takes us i appreciate the opportunity to come on here and join you as a co-host and co-producer of the show um i can't thank you enough for that opportunity and i can't wait to see what we do next because we've got some we got some ideas floating around people you're gonna see some good things <laughs> out of us here at texas soccer radio going forward <laughs> but i wasn't joking oh man i wasn't i wasn't joking yeah, we really do have cool things that we want to do, and hopefully we'll be able to pull them off. That's always the issue, right? Uh, that is the issue. With some more time without having to do written content, we'll we'll be able to get that done. Um, and to be clear, I want to make it explicitly clear: Larry and I are partners in this. Like, this is not me running the show, and Larry is a riding the passenger seat. Like, Larry does all of the production for. 90% of the show like I pull a couple of things in and, and that's it and you know obviously the awesome soundboard but um, you know I, I just want to make sure the credit is there to where it's due <laughs> the good credit the I appreciate bullshit it bullshit is mostly me but <laughs> <laughs> well until November we have been Texas Soccer Radio. We will catch you next time. Have a good one, guys.